let's yeah, let's continue your God sentence, and you're headed to uh, your prison, the, the prison you're going to be living at for the next two years. Yeah. So after my sentence, I spent another must have been about nearly two months in the in the jail in Hanoi, and then they moved me to Vinh Quang Prison, which is near Tam Dao Mountain. It's like at the bottom of Tam Dao Mountain. Um. So. From what I'd heard is when you went to the main prison, it was great because you were, you know, you were in a big cell with lots of other people. You were out every day. There was, you know, you could actually do stuff and it wouldn't be as boring. So time would pass quicker. So when I got there, they walked me past all the big prison blocks and into the very back and put me in a tiny dark room. And I was told, you have to stay in there for two weeks. Quarantine. And it was the tiniest room. It's the room they use for people that have been fighting, and you know they get they get sent to uh, it's like like isolation. Hole, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Hole. I got I got put in the hole for quarantine, which they didn't do to any of the Vietnamese people that came to that prison. Yeah. Only the foreigners. <laughs> Only the foreigners. But we were all coming from the same prisons anyway. It was it was ridiculous there. So after being like you know excited about going to a new prison and having to, I got stuck in there for two weeks. Wow. Um, which how was pretty miserable. How did, they didn't give you anything? Like, how well, did that affect you mentally? Nothing. Sorry, what was that? How did that affect you mentally? Like, were you going crazy? Well, no, I wasn't going crazy. I just like slept a lot because it was a dark room, and yeah, yeah, I just slept a lot. And you know, twice a day they brought me food, and yeah, it was all right. I'd already, I just spent nine months almost in, you know, in the hole in. Hanoi, just me and one other person with nothing to do. So it wasn't too bad. How was the food? How was the food for you? Oh, absolutely horrendous. It was, oh, it was like boiled rice, but like the really shitty rice with like, it even had rocks and stuff in it. It hadn't been cleaned oh properly. Um, a lot of people broke teeth and so on in prison from eating the rice and just like, oh, really? it's actually got bones in it. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, it came with vegetables every day and then twice a week you got they say it was pork but it was more like pork fat oh okay um well yeah yeah it's good but in the in the prison that i moved to um then you could have money put in and you could order food from the like let's call it a canteen so every morning you could write down on a a list what you wanted from the canteen and they would deliver it at lunchtime So you nice. could get different food. Cool. Which was great after just eating rice and pork fat and vegetables for nine months. It was like, wow, we can get chicken and we can get, you know, tofu fruit. and yeah. Fruit? Yeah, we could get fruit. Yeah. Nice. But because of the COVID situation, they really cut back on the food that you were able to get because they couldn't get it from other provinces and they yeah. stopped all that stuff. But it was still, it was better than the basic stuff. Nice. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, so so the yeah, so so basically you got like you could only get that food for what if you paid for it or Yeah, you had to pay for it. So my I think my embassy were transferring money to start with and then Maria somehow worked out how to do it. So my family were talking with Maria and yeah putting money in every month or so. For me to get food, other things, 
what what else could you get there? Basic stuff like pens and papers if you want to do things, and you could also, you know, you could use the stuff that you bought to trade for other things. So there was a lot of people in there that didn't have any money to buy any stuff. Hmm. So we had to go and work every day. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, that's one thing I heard that you 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 did work like they put you to work in the prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was what was so we were making? We were making baskets for the majority of the time. We were making baskets, like weaving baskets, which I was I was very slow at. You had to make about three or four baskets a day. I think I could do one basket every two days. It was, it, I, I could make a very beautiful basket. I mean, it was perfect, but they didn't care about perfect. So yes, yeah. the way around that is um, the Laotians. There's a lot of Laotians in prison and they are really hard workers. They, and they, don't, they don't really have much money there. They, they're lovely, lovely people. They're really kind. They're really, I don't know how to describe them. They're just, I got on really well with the Laotians in prison. Okay. Good. Um, I was teaching. I had my little class every evening. I was teaching them English, mm. and in return, they would help me out with things. You know, like even like washing bedding and so on. You have these big blankets, and you're trying to wash them, and they help just help out. You don't ask them to, but they'll just be like, "No, no, we're we're doing it. We'll help you." Um, but they would also help me make baskets, and in return, I would give them, you know. You bartered with them. So I'll give you X amount of noodles for this many baskets, or I'll give you this amount of money in food that you can order from the canteen for this many baskets. Um, that was their their way of getting some extra food. Yeah. 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 So it works out, right? You know, you don't yeah. you don't have to go crazy and that. So what kind of baskets? Like, what were they? Like, what was it made out of? Like, and baskets <laughs> for what? Like. Apparently, they all got sent to China to sell. They were like made out of a cane. It was like a soft cane. Okay. And then you you had like it was almost a, a type of grass that you used to weave weave it together. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's the best way that I could describe it. There there is a name for it, but I I can't remember what what the name for the actual materials was called. Yeah. Okay. But we didn't just we didn't just weave baskets. Uh, another interesting thing that we uh, we made fake eyelashes for about two months. Really? That was terrible. Yeah, that was that was that was horrible because it was they're really small and you have a little magnifying glass and like a strip what of That's like tape and then you're there. You got lots of little hairs with like tweezers and you're trying to look. The light's really shit and you know you're trying to put each individual eyelash hair onto these fake eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing we made was paper slippers that were getting sent to Korea, South Korea, and apparently they put them on dead, like dead relatives and so on. Interesting. When they like, so they've got some shoes when they go into the afterlife or something like that. So we were making dead people slippers out of strips of paper. Yeah. It's not really a skill that I'll be able to use again, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not anyway. Speaking of skills that maybe you can use again, um, I imagine your Vietnamese got a lot better while you were in prison and other languages as well. It did, yeah. My Vietnamese did get better, but 
I wasn't because they kept the foreigners separate from the Vietnamese prisoners. And we were still we still, you know, talked of other Vietnamese prisoners and so on. Um I actually picked up some Chinese. So my like prison family were like a group of Chinese people. Okay. Cantonese. And we all ate together and you know, we all looked after each other and so I learned Cantonese. more Chinese than I did Vietnamese. Was it Mandarin or Cantonese? Mandarin. Yeah, Mandarin. Mandarin is more popular. Interesting. But I've probably forgotten most of it now. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so is there any like prison activities that they let you like? You can go. Can you work out? Do you get time in the prison? Well, garden? we. So our block was like you have. A block so it's one big building and it's split into two two rooms each room has 50 people in it okay so my 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 we call it our my team was like on one part of the building that's who you all go to work with but then we share one big yard so every, every day when we come back from work we'd play volleyball or football um and everyone would cook so because you can't really get hot food there, all the food's kind of cold and it gets to you. We all make fires and there's lots of big palm trees and so on. So any branches that fall off that, we take for firewood and any rubbish, any plastic, anything burnable, basically, we use to cook on. And we made pots and stuff out of prison signs that were metal and we just made them into pans. And Interesting. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we made our, made our food hot and make, make the food taste a lot better. The, the Chinese guys that I was in a group with, they're absolutely unreal prison cooks. They've been doing it for many years and they can make some really good food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd imagine that you have to be creative with your... Uh, yeah, you do, yeah. You, it's... I mean, I, I've always been pretty good at, you know, making things from nothing and just random bits that I find lying around. But in prison, it's next level. Yeah. Like, they make everything out of nothing. It's... uh there's a lot of really interesting things that I've seen people making and I, I learned to make as well. If I saw some somebody making something interesting, I'd be like, Oh, can you teach me how to do that? That's that's pretty cool. Like, so what type yeah. of games, what type of games did you guys play? Did you guys play any games? We played a lot of chess. Nice. So we made our own chess boards and, and, and stuff. So we did play a lot of chess. And I learned Chinese chess, the stuff that like we play in Vietnam as well. Yeah. Uh, I learned to play that. But when I was playing Chinese chess against any Chinese person, I was just getting beat every single time. I was, yeah. Those guys know how to play Chinese chess. Really well. Yeah. What was that, sorry? Was it much quiet. of a game for you, right? You discussed. No, not at all. No, not at all. I mean, I've always been quite okay at normal chess, but yeah, Chinese chess, especially playing against any Asian Blessing. Yeah, I'm always going to lose. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was it like? Was it dangerous? Is it was it less dangerous because they kept you away from the Vietnamese population? Did you see any kind of bad things or fights or? No, no. I mean, even the Vietnamese prisoners, I, I noticed that they weren't. I mean, now and again, fights would break out, but never with weapons. Never anything like that. If you're putting 50 people into a room together, you're going to have fallouts. 
it's you know every day stuck in a room with 50 people you're going to find someone that you don't get along it's inevitable but i was quite surprised to see how well everyone worked together and like looked out you know looked out for each other and if there was any arguments that started to happen everyone would jump in and just be like yo just relax it's okay you know and after 10 minutes it's forgotten about nice which was which was really nice to see it was at no point did i feel like i was in danger or like you know um one thing is going back to my time in the jail in hanoi i did see something pretty horrific that i'll never forget because i was saying i was next to death row Yes, and those guys are kept there for years and they're chained to a wall they're given a bucket to shit and piss in a bucket of water to wash with and one guy had been there for seven years chained to the wall really nice guy you could tell he was pretty dead inside he had no no hope he was going to get killed and so one night he decided to try and kill himself this is a pretty dark story. This is one, yeah. yeah, this is yeah. one that really, really was hard hitting for me. And people in death row, uh, his cellmate started shouting out, calling for the police to come because he tried to tie himself up to the door, the bars on the door, and he let himself drop and he was trying to hang himself. Anyway, the police all came running. And the police tried to open the door. Obviously, it opened outwards and was pulling on his neck. So they ran and got a knife and they cut him down. And then they beat the shit out of him. They took all of his stuff. They kicked the shit out of him. They tasered him and just left him there. And then they sent a doctor to take, you know, to make sure he was okay. And that was like, look, this guy's been on death row for seven years with a bucket to piss in, chained to a wall. Just let him fucking kill himself. And he was a really nice guy. He was a really nice guy. He was always singing, trying to keep everyone happy and I saw I was like right well the only danger in this prison are the police officers mm-hmm. like they seriously don't give a fuck about anyone in there they do treat you like dogs um yeah I saw that and I was like fuck I that really yeah that really depressed me like how, are, how the fuck how can you treat someone like that yeah exactly that's rough yeah how yeah. Are- how were how were the security guards with you and stuff when you were in the prison? Well, they would never they would never try and beat me or do anything like that. I, but they didn't treat me very well. They didn't treat me like a human being. But I was, I suppose, I felt like I was a little bit more protected than say the Laotians or the Chinese inmates. Um mainly because I think because I'm British and I'm white and I think they're a bit more wary of our embassy. Mm-hmm. So I would push it a little bit further than anybody else would with being cheeky to them or, you know, just saying no when they were trying to ask for something ridiculous. I would be like, well, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not a dog. No. Which would make them angry, but they wouldn't do anything about it. And yeah. uh, if, I, if I can ask you, well, like, what kind of things would make you, like, clean things or, like... Yeah, make you clean things or, you know, tell you to go and make, you know, tell them to tell you to go and do things for them. Like, you need to cook this for me now or you need to do that. Or, like, you know, they'll come over with their shoes and be like, you need to polish these and clean them. It's like, no, absolutely not. Fuck off. 
Whereas other people will just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, is that, no, definitely wouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I guess, well, maybe I could say, like, the fact that they're maybe more afraid of your embassy and, and all that stuff. And yeah, I guess you can get yeah. a bit more. And, maybe some of yeah. the other guys, if they did that, they probably would get beat for it, right? Yeah, possibly. I mean, they didn't really beat the foreigners that much. It did happen to a few Chinese people and a few Laotians. Um, as long as you're not a complete dick, you're not going to get beaten. But yeah, I've seen a few people being tasered for stupid things. Yeah. So were you able to learn some Vietnamese songs? Or, uh... No, I did learn one Chinese song. Uh, not a Vietnamese song, but I learned a Chinese song. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sing it to you. No, but I did learn a, a Chinese song, and when I'm really drunk, I'll bring it out as a party trick. But I'm not not drunk yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, um, looking back on it. Um, uh, what was the positive? Was it a, at the end of the day? How did you feel about this experience on you? Do you think it was eventually after you got out? Was it, you know, like, yeah, how was this experience for you? What did it do to you? Did it change you in a bit? Like, how do you yeah. feel about it after everything and now that you are gone it, away? It, it did change me. Uh, I, uh, I tend to look at things in the positive light, but I really do look at this you know prison experience as a a positive thing for me before i went to prison i was dabbling more in drugs and you know i was just getting you know i was just falling down a bit of a hole and i was really lucky to get let off lightly for what i see is just a short amount of time in prison really woke me up and when I, I realized like oh shit yeah i appreciate life a lot more now i'm way more patient yeah. um you know, I came back to the UK and things are, you know, back on track. Things are really nice. I've got an amazing girlfriend. I've got good a good job. Got a lot of things going on, which wouldn't have happened if I went to prison, I don't think. If I hadn't have gone to prison, sorry. It's great to hear. I could have just continued down that, you know, rabbit hole of, True. you know, yeah. more and more the fucked up shit. And who knows, I could even be dead or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or a bigger sentence in prison. You know, I could still be in prison now. I could have done something, you know, a lot of drugs, got a bigger sentence. Fuck knows what could have happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you boy, exactly. So then, so at the end of the day, how'd you, and that's, I have a question. That's actually one of the questions I had is because you were convicted in Vietnam, did that transfer at all when you got home? Did you get anything about that or no. was, no, Not nothing at all. About that because other people's like, if you get charged here, do you get charged back in your country, or do you get any problems? Like you said, you got a good, like you got a good job, and you had no issue. Had to put anything. No, no um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, but it it hasn't transferred. It's not on my criminal record over here. I'm sure if somebody dug really deep and did their research, they would be able to find out. But. Um, no, it doesn't transfer over here onto my criminal record here, um, which is great. It, it, it's great. No, yeah. well, for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it would show up, but I, I know the Vietnamese like system. They're not highly organized, so it's probably written down in a piece of paper in a file somewhere in Hanoi. But yeah, they're not going to go about you know transferring all of that stuff over here. It's far too much like hard work, I think. Yeah. So when you got back, like you weren't, you weren't, like you weren't contacted by any law enforcement or any nothing. No, no, nothing at all. No, I know I got back, and uh, the only only people that contacted me were my embassy, just um, asking how I was and just making sure that I was okay. And that was that was that. That was like the ordeal finished, done. Right? Yeah. What was the what was what was your what was the silver lining of prison besides like? making you change and get out of drugs while you were there? What is the thing you kind of most enjoyed? What did I most enjoy? I know, it's well, pretty I didn't, really yeah, enjoyed it's also, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, when I went to the, the main prison in Bing Quang, it was in a beautiful area. The prison was a bit shitty. But it was also getting along and meeting so many really interesting people with so many different skills from all different walks of life um and every evening you just sit down and just talk with them and just talk whatever whatever it is politics philosophy you know even just like football stuff like that but you could just sit down all of us trying to communicate in our different languages and trying to we somehow understood each other what we're talking about it was difficult, but yeah, it was. That was quite fun and a lot quite of, nice. A lot of body language, maybe. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of international, uh, international so language. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. what? Is, what was one of the worst things about spending two years in a Vietnamese prison? Um. The boredom for the first nine months of having nothing to stimulate your mind, just being stuck in one room, not even pen and paper, not even books, just nothing, nothing stimulating. So you're, you're constantly thinking and that can really affect you mentally. It can really, your, your, your mind can really bring you down into some really depressed times, just like, fuck, you know, to the point where you think nothing is going to go right from it. And yeah, but you have to try and, bat away those thoughts and just be like no it's okay it's okay but that was really difficult and yeah that's that's yeah well i can imagine like you know the the mental the mental part of it you know there's the physical part but there's that mental part that can really kind of guess yeah um yeah um is there what advice or what things could you say to somebody else that would end up who ended up in your situation is now headed to to jail or dealing with it. Do you have any advice for anybody else? Do your best to look on the positive side. Try and find positive um, positive outcomes for whatever. You're going to be spending a lot of time in your own head thinking. That's the whole point of going to prison is to make you go and think about what you've done. But instead of thinking about what you've done and everything's going to be shit. Think about it in a positive way and think about what you're going to do when you get out. Mm. Yeah, that's that would be my best bit of advice. 
Very good. It's really easy to fall into that tunnel of like, oh, it's all fucked. Everything's terrible. Oh, I saw a few people in prison that just weren't able to get out of that loop and they were the most miserable people to be around. You just got to say to them, look, it's not all bad. You are going to get out one day, you know, start making plans, learn something, learn a new language, whatever it is. You've got a lot of time to do things, which you wouldn't have on the outside. You would never be able to learn, you know, well, you can learn a new language on the outside, but you wouldn't have that time to be able to focus on learning something as much as you do in prison. That's, yeah. that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, any other interesting stories you'd like to share with us before we kind of wrap this up? Any other? Um, yeah, well, there's, there's so many interesting stories off the top of my head. I managed to get the police to buy me beers on my way to prison and on my way out of prison. Wow, they asked me if, if I wanted anything from the shop and I was on my way and I was really, it was Christmas day and I was, I was just like, yes, beer. And they, as they do, they're like, oh, how many beers can you drink? And I said, well, how many can you give me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, how long will it take to get to the prison? They said, about 40 minutes. So I went, okay, get me six beers. Yeah. And they were really impressed with the fact that I could drink six small beers on the way to the prison. <laughs> and then when yeah. I was on my way to the airport outside of prison, I gave the guys, the police, police officers some money to stop off offer me some beers. I think I had two beers and I felt really drunk. Uh, it had been so long since I'd had any alcohol. I had two beers and I was like, whoa, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You know, that, that's, is, is there, yeah, that's another question that just kind of popped in my head when you mentioned that. Is there any of that in, in, in that prison where you were? Were well, there any drugs going around? And we, homemade we, were, we were able to get some prison rice wine a couple of times. But we were only ever able to get like that much of a bottle's worth. Oh. Um, yeah. But we only managed to get that about four times when we were in prison. Okay. Um, yeah. But there weren't also another a thing that surprised me about prison. I heard lots of stories beforehand that all prisons had lots of drugs going around yeah, and that. Yeah, you know. yeah. No, no, nothing. No drugs at all in prison, which is, which surprised me. Not that I was looking for drugs, but yeah, there were just no no drugs in prison when I heard that, you know, that's just what goes on in prisons. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, there's, you know, we watch a lot of movies and there's a lot of stuff said about prison, right? Yeah. So, you know, some things are kind of true. Not not saying there's other prisons where you can get a lot of drugs, but I guess in the prison where you at, there was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it must, it must happen in some prisons somewhere, but yeah. Definitely not in Vietnamese prisons. I suppose the stakes are too high. When you go to Vietnamese prison, you just want to get out. And if anything, if you do anything illegal inside of the prison, that adds on to your sentence massively. Mm -hmm. So everyone's just trying to keep their head down, get on with it and get out as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to add yeah. any more time to your sentence. All right. Yeah. Let's, let, let's kind of wrap this up. So let's talk about yeah. the day that you found out that you were going to be released. Well, that was that was unreal. So it was hit and miss with me being released because every every year there are three times when you can either get a reduced sentence or be released. So I knew my my time was coming up to get a redu reduction on my sentence or be released. So I wrote a letter. And I got 
a guy to translate it into Vietnamese for the prison warden. And every morning when we walked to work, the prison warden sat there watching us. So I gave him this letter saying, I want to get the maximum amount reduced off my sentence so I can be released on this date. So he sent his right hand man because the prison warden can't be seen to be dealing with these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came and he said, yes, we can do this. Um, it's going to cost you 50 million. I was like, well, that's great. That takes so many months off my sentence. Absolutely. I think it's like five months reduced. Um, yeah, 10 million per month for freedom. Fucking right. Yeah. So I asked him to use his phone. So he snuck me into the back of one of the workshops where we were working and he gave me his iPhone. So I, and I called Maria and I said, look, he needs 50 million and I'll be released in a few months. And she worked in the background and managed to arrange that to happen. And I didn't know because everyone said that this guy was a cheating, cheating bastard and he probably wouldn't do it. But 10 days before the release date, he came to me, he was like, right, okay sign this form, this is your release form. And then you'll you'll be released in 10 days. I didn't sleep for about 10 days, I was so excited. When I found out that I was definitely getting released on that day, I was just like, every night I was just awake, my heart was racing, I was so excited, just being like, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really like, there's no better feeling than being released after being incarcerated like that. It was just so amazing, yeah. So how was how was the how was the process of the travel home? Well, I had to go right next to the prison was an immigration prison. Okay. Which was you know, was similar style to the prison I was in, but you had a lot more freedom. It wasn't, you know, you were released but you weren't allowed into Vietnam sort of thing. So you had your room, you still got locked up at night, but in the daytime you were allowed to walk about a woman came and you could get anything from the shops nearby. You just have to tell her what you wanted and she would go and get it. You know, it was full on working kitchens that you could use. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, the, my embassy and my family were trying to arrange getting me back home during this is when COVID was at its like, you know, most mental. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. So I spent a further month and a half there or maybe one month. It wasn't too long. Um, and yeah, they came and they said, look, these are your tickets, these are your flights home, you're leaving tomorrow. And that was it. The police came and picked me up, bought me some beers and I got to the airport and that was me free. Yeah. Wow. So what was your feeling at that time? I guess like juvenile, just... Yeah, what was my feeling at that time? Really excited, but also something slightly worrying about going back. You know, there was always that, like, you've been away for so long. Something worrying about, yeah, I was just worrying a bit about going back. There was nothing to worry about. It was just, your mind is just like going, oh, fuck, you know, what do I do now? Even though you've had so much time to think about what everything that you're going to do when you get out. When it actually happens, I was like, shit. How do I how do I act? What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. So yeah, so then let's just talk about how like 
you had all those feelings. How was it when you finally actually got off the plane, got back home, saw your family and all that stuff? Yeah, it was, it, I just slipped back into normal life. Like I hadn't really been away for so many years and just kind of like fell back into things. And it was a bit strange living with my mother for, for a while. Because obviously, you know, I left, I left, I left home when I was quite young, and yeah. I've been away for such a long time. And it's like, okay, now you're going, you, you know, so you live back, you. back with your mother. It was just like, you know, my mother is lovely, but there's a few <laughs> times it's just like, mom, I'm not a child anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're always going to be a child in your mother's eyes. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very true. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll not continue. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I just went and I had a lot of friends back in the UK still, my best friend, and was managed to uh, sort out some work fairly quickly, and everything just went back to normal, That's surprisingly great. easily. It's great to hear, man. I'm so happy yeah. for you. I miss you very much, and I can't wait yeah, I miss one you day we can have a drink again. I got yeah, one more right, question. Yeah. Got one more. Yeah, go. What was the first thing that you ate when you got back? The first well, thing you really wanted. The first thing that I ate, because we had to drive all the way to my mother's house from uh, from London. So we were all so tired when we got in. We just had pasta, oh, which yeah. was still delicious. But we wanted something easy. But the next day, it was a full Sunday dinner, which I had been missing so much. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the full like English-style Sunday roast. Roast beef, all the trimmings. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, it was, it was glorious. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Great. All right, brother. <laughs> it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much for talking to us. About no worries, man. No, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's really great. Um, thank you so much again, and I hope to see you again one day. We're gonna have a few beers. We'll see. Yeah, you. man. I'll I'll be coming back next year. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to meet well, up for some beers. You know what? Just I already know this, but since you mentioned it before, we get up. You can come back to Vietnam after you serve. I, apparently, I can. I've spoken to the Vietnamese embassy, and they they say that I can. I'm not blacklisted. Whether that is true when I apply for a visa, I'll, I'll find out. We will find out. <laughs> but I, I I have asked, and they they they, you know, they checked me checked me out and said that you can get a visa, a tourist visa for Vietnam. Yeah. Very so, interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, to me, you know, there's a thing about it. You served your time, right? Yeah. So you did your sentence. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, I, a guy that I was in prison with, he's still in Vietnam. And he's been absolutely fine getting visas and so on. And he told me it's something to do with if, it, if your sentence is two years or under, you should be okay, unless it's for a violent crime. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but that's what. He, how he explained it to me. All right, we're the Zoom Zoom meeting's gonna end like in a couple seconds. So thank you so much, cool. Edgar, right. I love you, brother. Thank you for talking. Love you too, dude. Cheers. All right, see bro. you again see one you, day. Nicky. See you, Paul. Nice, nice to see you, boys. Nice to see you too. <laughs> there you go. No doubt, street of hard work.